Reminds me of the story I heard about a little eight-year-old boy. You know, he'd come to church, take a nap, draw pictures on a bulletin, finding some clean space, a little time on the phone, maybe playing some games. But this particular Sunday, he decided he was really going to try and pay attention and figure out what was going on. You know, so he listened to the songs, he read every word on the screen, you know, and he, he, he watched the, the, the bass player, thump, 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 you know, and the drummer, and, 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 and listened to the words being sung, and the keyboard playing, tried to hear every one of them, you know, and he listened to the, the prayers, and all the things that were being prayed about, you know, and and, and all of the elements, when the pastor came out, he really tried to pay attention and figure out what he was talking about. You know, and then the offering plate came by. And, you know, all he could see was the back of heads in front of him. So he watched his parents. And the plate went by, and they put something in it, away it goes. And when it was all said and done, they got in the car to go home and and mom was saying, I think that sermon was too long. And dad was saying that the, the music choices weren't as great. And he, he listened to this and he says, well, mom and dad, I thought it was a pretty good show for a dollar. <laughs> We're going to talk about giving. Let's pray together. And you stay in your seats. I'm going to keep one eye open, but I can't see out of it anyway, so just going to trust you. God, I pray that you will speak to us here today. I know that, God, there's, there's more to talk about than money in all of this. So, God, I pray that we will be challenged. God, I pray that you will be glorified. And I pray that every one of us will walk out of here knowing a whole lot more about worship. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, little quiz time. Here's the quiz. The first thing is, what is the gospel? And the whole church said, that's pretty good. That's really good. How about the mission of Family Bible Church? Become beings. Follow him completely and make him known broadly. That's pretty good. Wow. We don't go over that near enough, do we? Going to have to work on that. All right, here's the third question. And so far, y'all are getting an A. Can you see that A? All right, that's an A. All right, but here's, here's the big question for the morning. The question is this. The primary purpose for which we gather on Sunday mornings is it's worship. And so the question is, have you been worshiping this morning? Worshiping God. I know you're like, well, we sang the songs. I mean, I even closed my eyes and I didn't look around when they were praying. I'm going to talk about some things that might open both of your eyes here this morning, my friends. And I want to encourage you to take your copy of the Scriptures and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. We are plopped right down in the center of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaching the theme is righteousness. Now, righteousness has a bunch of aspects to it, but his focus in this sermon is right living 
for those who are, are part of the kingdom of God. This is the way the children of God should live. All right? We're talking about worship. You may recall last week, we talked about that fellow on his way to worship. He had a, a sacrifice that he was going to offer to God. And you remember, Jesus said when he remembers that there's someone that has something against him, well, he ought to just lay down his sacrifice and go make things right. And so right from the beginning, we notice that the, the issue of worship is an issue of the heart. That's not going to change this week. As a matter of fact, Jesus is going to expand on that to some other areas and to see how applicable that really is. And what we're going to learn here this morning is, 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 is some really important stuff about worship. It may be startling. It may upset the way that you've been practicing your worship in this world. Or it may be just confirming what you've been doing all along. But friends, I want to tell you this. Worship will never take place on a Sunday morning until it takes place in your heart first. And if it ain't happening in your heart, it doesn't matter what songs we're singing, whether you really like that one or not, and the beat is just, you know, or you really like the way that one guy prays, worship will never happen on a Sunday morning till it first happens in your heart. Now, you hold on to that, and we're going to work our way through this passage quickly, so you're going to have to listen fast. We'll try and make some real clear points, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk about two kinds of people when it comes to worship, two kinds of people. And the first person is especially applicable here to giving. Jesus is going to focus on the giving part of worship. And I want you to notice here in verse 1, Jesus says this, Beware. It's a warning. Hey, be careful of this, friends. There's a real danger if you fall in this trap. He says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. Now, notice that this sentence ends with uh, some clarification. It doesn't say, Whatever worship you do, it always has to be in private. He says, Make sure that you are not practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Beware. See, right there, Jesus goes right to the heart. What is the purpose and the intent of you coming here this morning? When you sing along or mouth to the words of the song and listen carefully to the sermon or the prayers that are lifted up here today, you see, the first warning here is to a self-centered person in their giving. And we are all about, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at that little t-shirt there, me, 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 me. And it starts early on in our life. I mean, it would shock me if not everyone here has had the same experience as I when I was just a little boy. You know, when you learn how to do something, you know, my dad built this little, uh, uh, I-beam sort of thing, you know, that we could walk across. And, and I was uh, littler than my brother and sister, but I, f I made it across. And you know the words that came out of my, my mouth? You know what they are? Mom, look. Look, Mom, look. And from the earliest ages when we realize we can do something good, we want everyone to see it. Look at this. 
I mean, maybe it's because we're so blown away with the, the ability that we just, we, we just want people to confirm it in our lives. But there is a real danger of the look at me syndrome, you know? I mean, worship is about look at God, not look at me. To beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. You know, and so, so here we have this self-centered giving person, and he seeks recognition. Look at what I'm doing. See, this is good. Self-centered giving, that's the first kind of giving. The first person here, when he gives, he says, I want people to notice it. You know, but I'll tell you, friends, you cannot have it both ways. You can either have the praise of man or the praise of God. You will not get both. You will not get both. But you know, there's another aspect of this self-centered giving. Not only do they seek recognition, they forfeit the reward of God for the fleeting praise of man. Jesus says, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now, this word reward means recognition for the moral quality of an action. Someone that looks and says, oh. And for some people who are just committed to making sure everybody sees the good thing they do, this is the reward they get for it. Oh. There's no worship in that, my friends. If that's all you're looking for, my friends, that is all you will ever get. God does not see that as worship. You may, well, this is a religious activity, but it's not worship if it is not done for the glory of God. If the purpose is for the glory of you, that's worship, but it's self-worship, my friends. Self-centered giving, it seeks recognition Longing for the applause of others. Confirm me. Celebrate me. Look at me. That is the exact opposite of the worship that we are called to give. And that is a natural response to those who know God. Because in really knowing Him, you will love Him. And in loving Him, you will serve Him. And you will celebrate Him. It is the sunset in the sky and that smash of colors across the sky smeared before you and you look up and you are amazed to think that God designed our world in such a way that we could see that beauty of colors. Friends, when I look into my wife's face, I, I see this woman and I look at her big brown eyes. You know what goes on through my head? It's not, well, Dave... You ought to probably say something nice to her. You know, I mean, you're staring at her and everything. No. I look at my wife. I look into her face. I see her brown hair falling off this. And, and then her big brown eyes that I could just fall into, you know? Like, baby, you are beautiful. That's just recognizing what is a reality. And that's worship. When you understand the grace and the depths of God's mercy... And you see his power, the beauty of his creation, the perfection of his plans. My friends, how can you do anything but worship? 
But then again, that's the issue, isn't it? So the self-centered giver, that dude is seeking recognition, longing again for the applause of man. But Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Because that person will forfeit the reward of God for the fleeting praise of man. But when you have no reward from your Father who is in heaven, and that reward again is the recognition by God of the moral quality of your actions, of responding in obedience and awe. Friends, that isn't something to try and manufacture within you. It is when you clear your your thoughts of all of the busyness and the stuff, and you focus on who God is, what He has done, and what He has promised for us. And friends, if that doesn't prepare your heart for worship, nothing will. Remember, that was our challenge last week, to prepare our hearts, that we would be free of distraction, of, of, of guilt, and of shame, that we would be right before God before we came in to offer Him the worship He deserves. I wonder if you did that this week. We didn't just say on Sunday, we said daily, so that your heart would be ready to respond when you saw the glory of God in your life. Wow. So a little bit of warning about that self-centered person, that self-centered giver, practicing righteousness before others. Now notice here as we continue on, there is another kind of person, and that is a God-centered giver. Notice here in verse 2. This person rejects the typical practice. And notice what it is here in verse 2. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may be, and moving beyond seen, to praised by others. Oh, look at that man. Oh, he is so generous. He shows up every day around this time. You can always tell by the blow of the trumpet, and everybody rushes to him. Now, the practice of the day was simply this. The trumpet was meant to be simply a practical thing of saying, I'm here to help you. Blow the trumpet. When you hear the trumpet, you come to me, and I can provide some food or some monies to the poor. But you know that trumpet became less about a calling and more about a look at me, look at me, look at me. Is it not fascinating that you can do the right thing in the right way, but for the absolutely wrong reason? And everyone around you says, oh my, the depth of that person. They're so mature in Christ. And look at the level of sacrifice when the sacrifice is nothing more than an opportunity to garner the attention of man and seek their praise. So thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. And notice here carefully what Jesus says. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. 
and that's all they'll get. Because that is not pleasing in the eyes of God. God is not glorified when we walk around thinking all about ourselves. But I'll tell you, that practice continues up to today. I mean, not exactly in the same way. But I'll tell you, churches, Christian colleges, and all kinds of businesses use the very same device. You know, think about this. Uh, When's the last time you got a letter in the mail from your college and they're building another tower, you know, some other building somewhere? I mean, you know, we celebrate, oh, things must be going well, you know? And then comes the pitch, hitting you in the greedy spot, you know? And those who give this amount, we should put a large brick in the wall with your name and to your honor and to your glory, and we shall have people stand around blowing trumpets, you know? I mean, it's the same thing, you know? The big donor gets his name on a building. I mean, it does nothing but blow a trumpet to his name day after day after day. Restaurants use the same thing. You know, here, here's a cause and a great need, and if you donate $3 today, you can put your name really big on that paper. We'll put it up there so all the community might come in and say, oh, he's greater than I thought. Oh, my goodness, the graciousness of that woman. Blowing your own trumpets, my friends. And in the eyes of God, it is nothing. It is arrogance. It is selfishness. And friends, God-centered giving is, is completely different. They reject those typical practices. You know, sound no trumpet before you. You do it quietly, humbly before your God. Not like the hypocrites in the synagogues and the streets, so they can be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, friends, they've received their reward. And the reward is nothing but, oh. Because <laughs> honestly, people are just like that. You think more about yourself than anyone else anyway. So this huh, is about all you get because you're surrounded by a bunch of, and I don't mean at Family Bible Church. I mean, you all are great. But the rest of those people, they're all selfish, you know. In high school, remember high school? Just absolutely concerned all the time of what people think about you and this and what you're wearing and what your hair looks like and, you know. And mostly what they're thinking is, I wonder what people think of me and my clothes and my hair. <laughs> We live in a very, very self-centered world. It's the culture. It is the impact of sin in our world. We only think about us. Wow. Well, God-centered giving rejects those typical practices. They recognize it's not all about me. But look at here in verse 3. God-centered giving takes place in secret. Look at what Jesus says here in verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And certainly that must be a metaphor because I think mentally that's impossible. But the idea is this, is you keep it in secret. You do it in such a way as not to celebrate you, but God. So God-centered giving takes place in secret. And notice, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving 
may be in secret. Secret is the issue. It is the issue of the heart. The worship that is received by God is the worship that is only seen by God. Now, there are repercussions to the worship of God, else people would not see our good works and glorify our God in heaven. But those good works are motivated by by our, our desire to bring glory to God, not to receive the glory of men. And people know when you're a big phony. They know when it's all about, look at me, look at me. And oh, by the way, so does God. You see, God-centered giving is rewarded by God. Will you notice here at the end of verse 4? So that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. That reward is the recognition of God. And one day, that will turn into reward. God is the consummate accountant of every thought and every action and every intent of the heart. And will we act for His glory, for His good, rejecting the glory of man? It is then when He is honored. And the response to that will be reward. If you seek the reward, my friends, it's not worship. If you only do it to get something from God, that's not worship. If you do it because of a heart-filled response to God... That is rewarded. So wrap it up. Sermon in a sentence. Righteousness, righteous giving means God is glorified, not the giver. Throughout the years, I've been pastoring for coming up to 30 years now. I've had people come up to me in various circumstances to tell me how much they give. And inevitably, those people don't give close to what I see the humble people who sit in the back row and say nothing about their giving really give. Oh, they think it's a whole lot, and they want everyone to know. Most of the time, these people know nothing about sacrifice. And they are looking for the praise of men. This is one of the great things about uh, um, all of the churches I've pastored. I have no idea how much you give unless you tell me. In the moment you tell me, I know which kind of giver you are. (laughs) Nobody's going to be impressed how much you give. Remember the kind of giving that Jesus recognized? That widow? All these people walking in with their barrels of cash, you know? Look at me, look at me, look at me, you know? And that little widow came in. And she's got next to nothing. And Jesus said, that woman has given more than any of these rich people because she gave out of her poverty because she gave with sacrifice. Friends, did you notice it's not the amount? I mean, not that we don't appreciate it. (laughs) Come on, laugh. That was funny. Let's let's say it again, all right? (laughs) Not that we don't appreciate it. It wasn't that funny the second time either, was it? Okay. (laughs) But friends, the issue is what you got left over. You know, throwing out loose change. What does that represent in your heart? How does that honor God? But it all starts here, my friends. It comes from a heart.
that honors God, that celebrates God, that is grateful to God, and the righteous giver longs for God to be glorified, not themselves. So, a little application. Giving to support the people and ministries of God is certainly an act of worship, if that's your intent. Not to receive the praise of man, but to give to bring glory to God. And secondly, giving in order to gain something. Friends, that's nothing but self-worship. It means you're the center of it all. If God is not the center, if He is not the purpose, see, not the primary reason, friends, it's not worship. So give secretly. Give secretly for the glory of God alone.